Hello, my friend. Welcome back to the Wayfair Podcast. I'm Tom Vanderwill. Thanks for joining me on this Friday. Another work week over. Our chapter day journey is in Revelations chapter 20. It was verse 12a that resonated this morning. John says, I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Today's podcast is entitled, The Books. This past Sunday, Wendy and I were among our local gathering of Jesus followers, and the question was asked, what brings you joy? Wendy's answer was without hesitation. She said, a Barnes & Noble bookstore. Actually, that's a joy we both share even though she's a much bigger reader than I am on the whole. I've always loved books. From junior high school through college, I always worked or volunteered in the school library. I also worked for the same bookstore chain from high school all the way through college. And one of the things I love to do to pass time when I'm on the road is go to a bookstore. It might be Barnes & Noble or Half Price Books or a local hole-in-the-wall used bookstore. It doesn't really matter. I find today's chapter to be one of the most unusual in the entire great story because it packs so much into one chapter and it leaves me as a reader wanting so much more detail than what John provides. His vision of what's to come approaches the reader rapid fire. An angel chains Satan and imprisons the evil one in the abyss for a thousand years. And during that thousand years, Jesus and the resurrected martyrs of the earlier tribulation reign on the earth. This is commonly referred to as the millennium. And this climactic event is described in just three short verses. Then Satan is released from the abyss, proceeds to deceive the nations to wage a final battle against Jesus. Satan and his followers are defeated and thrown into a lake of burning sulfur once and for all. This is described in just four verses. And then there's what the great story has repeatedly referred to as Judgment Day, or sometimes just the day. This epic event gets described in just five verses. Now, over my 40-plus years of studying the great story, the three-verse mention of the millennium gets by far the most conversation, controversy, and close scrutiny. In fact, my normal study sources all had lengthy breakdowns of the major three theological viewpoints regarding the apocalyptic millennium. What interested me, however, were the books. During Jesus' ministry, he made a couple of direct statements regarding Judgment Day. In Matthew 10.26, he says, There is nothing that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. In Luke 12, 1-3, it says, Meanwhile, when a crowd of many thousands had gathered so that they were trampling on one another, Jesus began to speak first to his disciples, saying, Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. There is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed, or hidden that will not be made known. What you have said in the dark will be heard in the daylight. And what you have whispered in the ear in the inner rooms will be proclaimed from the roofs. Matthew 12, verses 36 to 37, Jesus said, But I tell you that everyone will have to give account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. 
In his book, Imagine Heaven, John Burke explores near-death experiences, or NDEs, in which humans have physically died. No heartbeat, no breath, no brain activity. They've had afterlife experiences and then returned to their bodies from death. It's a fascinating read as there are eerily common NDE experiences around the globe that have been scientifically researched by universities and academics. Interestingly enough, one of the common experiences that NDEers cite is the books. A man named Gary died in a car accident with his sister. He says, quote, An angel came through the gate, and he was checking the pages of a book that he was carrying. He then nodded to a giant angel, confirming that I could enter into the city. Suddenly, there in front of me was my best friend, John, who had been decapitated, but now he's whole. His eyes sparkled with life as we embraced. John told me he had many wonderful things to show me. John took me into a very large building that looked like a library. The walls were solid gold and sparkled with a dazzling display of light that loomed up high to a domed ceiling. I saw hundreds, thousands of books. Many angels were there reading the contents of the books. John explained to me that these books contain a record of every person's life that has ever been born. Throughout all history, everything we do here on earth is recorded in these books. Good or bad, everything. A teenager who drowned in a pool accident shared this. My angels did not like my response of, I don't want to go back down there. It's painful. You must go back to Earth. Your mission is not yet complete. We communicated telepathically. There were no lips or mouth movements. All thoughts. Moment by moment, you discover how quickly you are gaining knowledge and how easy it is to accept. My three angels sought permission from above to show me something. What looked like a huge, four-foot-thick book of life. My life. Just as my life had passed before my eyes when I was being drowned, I was now being shown my future life. The psalmist wrote in 139 verse 16, Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. So in the quiet this morning, I find myself pondering what it is that captures our attention. The exact meaning of the millennial reign of Christ in today's chapter has stirred debate among scholars and believers since John's revelations were first read around 100 AD. Interpretations have varied widely through the centuries. Is it literal? Is it metaphorical? Is it figurative? As I meditated on this and the thorough interpretations covered in my study sources, I found myself shrugging my shoulders and once again humbly embracing my ignorance. You know, I'm not, I'm not sure I really care that much. Knowing the answer doesn't really affect me personally now or in eternity. What does affect me personally are the books. Whether my name is written in the book of life is of utmost importance, according to the great story. So does the book that the psalmist refers to along with the NDEers who've seen their own. The book that records my entire life, my actions, 
my relationships, and every word I've ever spoken. So at this, the end of another work week, as I go about my day, I'm mindful today of what is being written in the books. Have a great weekend, my friend. We'll see you back here on Monday.